Tom Parry, tell Matthew me how you Boyle. feel about loot. How do I feel about loot? Um, I guess it's pretty good, isn't it? Loot, it's a good thing. Pirates, numbers, loot. <laughs> no, numbers go up kind of loot. Uh, oh, this is a gaming type of loot. Well, as long as you don't have to uh, pay for it, I guess it's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> it's Tom Attack. Tom Parry, you naive young fool, my sweet summer child. Um, I've been playing the Avengers, Tom, just to get into this before we get anything. And while you don't have to pay for loot, I do think you have to pay to make your character look different. <laughs> so you're not that wrong, I guess. Yeah, the Avengers, yeah, before... the beta of this game, it's not out yet, is it? Yes, the Betamax of Avengers yeah. uh, is is currently out. Um, the game almost, almost kind of feels like Betamax in in its unsuperiority, perhaps to other games where you press square to do a heavy a light attack and triangle to do a heavy attack. That's but an interesting that's analogy, Matthew. Yeah, well, like, to be fair, I didn't go that far. That's that's a bit harsh. I was just looking for an episode title. No, I I. How are you first? Let's just quickly get that over with before no. I. Um, I'm doing fine, thank you, Matthew. Uh, what can I say? I haven't played quite as many different games this week. I find when you uh, get so involved with one particular game, I'm just going for that one, which is Shenmue 3. Is, it'll be, uh, come as no surprise to any of our listeners that I've been playing a bit more of that. Fair enough. And I'm not going to say anything about it just yet. I'm very intrigued to hear what you have to say about... Uh, the Avengers, this big, okay. big budget video game. Yes. Um, well, the big budget video game, Tom Parry. <sighs> right then. So I, I was playing Avengers, right, and my lovely lady wife was playing some Animal Crossing, and she's not one to do. Mm. And I said, I don't think this is a very good game. To which she retorted, Do you play any good video games? Because <gasps> that's generally been something I've been saying a lot recently. Oh, Monkey um, King. Uh, perhaps Monkey King, uh, also SpongeBob uh, SquarePants Battle of a Bikini Bottom. Oh, you got that! I want to play I that. Rent- I rented it from the library. Uh, I'll talk about it in a minute. It's, oh, it's not aged I, well. I like uh, the say, SpongeBob movie uh, platformer on the PS2. I mean, it can't be any this... worse than that, I imagine. Well, That's I mean, this fine. is a this is a HD remaster of an Xbox game. Yeah, so and, right. it's old. So, but it's okay. Yeah, I'll get into okay, it. Okay, okay. Let's one bad video game at a time, Tom. Um, bad is a bit harsh, right? Middle of the road, I think, is more fair for Avengers. Uh, so I, I played. Yes, I played the beta, which is currently live on PSN at the time of recording. Also, probably Xbox and PC. It is out in September, developed by Crystal Dynamics, published by Square Enix, yada, yada, yada. This game has been a while in development. Uh, mm. Some might say a bit too long in development, because here well, yeah. we are, the other side of Avengers Endgame, and... A fair while if... after Avengers Endgame. Well, I mean... It is called Avengers Endgame. You know, Avengers, we're back again. <laughs> Avengers Strike Back. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, so some might say this game is a bit poorly timed, but... I also think, uh, as you said off the pod, off the mic, that maybe this is filling the void of there being any Avengers content. I mean, but there's yes, no Black Widow a... movie, is there? That should have been out by now. So yes, it should have. Um, interesting enough, also there's there's Taskmaster in this game, and I believe he's one of the main villains in that movie. Is he not? Uh, I I not I don't know. I know I know very little about that film. Well, then she goes to even... Russia and meets her family. Yeah. No, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, let's see. This is a this is an odd thing, isn't it? Like COVID aside, we would have had more Disney movies, we would have had more Avengers, and maybe this wouldn't have seemed so out of place. Mm. But hey, here we are. 
so the the beta kind of kicks you off and it says okay we're gonna show you all of the avengers uh you play as thor then you play as iron man then you play as hulk then you play mm. as captain america before finishing off as black widow you as i said you press square to light attack you press triangle for heavy attack and all the while you're doing this it isn't just like regular enemies they've all got levels above their heads every time you're hitting them numbers are coming oh, off like destiny yeah, very, very much like Destiny. Some might say this game is a third-person Destiny, from what I've experienced. Oh, that would perhaps be a bit right. Not as satisfying, though, believe it or not, as punching an enemy in that kind of environment as shooting them, because it feels like it takes a lot longer. I don't know why. I don't know why hmm. that is, so, but it does. I take it all the Avengers must control quite differently, because they're all very different characters. Uh, yes and no. Um, Thor can summon lightning like everyone's kind of got a limit break attack that they can do like hulk goes into a rage tony stark shoots a beam out of his arc reactor yeah but to be honest <laughs> no he doesn't shoot it his ass. <laughs> not that kind of game tom parry is family friendly i'll have you know yeah it it feels weird because like even though there are definitely differences between the avengers in terms of like speed and everything else, there doesn't really seem to be that much difference in them in overall. Like even power-wise, Hulk doesn't feel more powerful mm. than Thor or Black Widow or even Captain America. He's just bigger. Yeah, he's just bigger and <laughs> slightly slower, which mm. you know is fine. But I was, for example, I was punching some people on a bridge as Hulk. <laughs> I like how you added as Hulk there. And I was swinging <laughs> away, pressing square, and like taking three hits to kill these level one enemies, the same as it did for Iron Man, the same as it did for Thor. And then I ran into a tank, and then I killed the tank in two punches. I was like, "That's interesting." Has he got a special, a special square attack for, yeah, for tanks versus people? I guess this easier? is fairly common in video games. You may have an overpowered character, but then certain enemies. It's to say, if you go back to side-scrolling beat 'em ups, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it just get... feels really odd. Yeah, if I'm being it's, honest, it's, it's the game. Was... It's the gamifying of something that you're gonna experience that sort of thing. Um, you know, you either go that way or you go and make it too realistic, like Shenmue. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you know, know I I do like that my thumbs are still intact. So there's that to say for Avengers. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I played a lot of it. There is definitely a lot of a lot of just like busy combat. You know what mm. I mean? Like you go to Messy. an area and you just fight a load of enemies for the sake of it, and like there's a, a large amount of enemies, and it seems like it takes too much time between story beats because of that. Okay, how you does c- it compare to Devil May Cry Five? Right. So this is this is the interesting thing, right? I played through that whole demo. Like I played as Tony Stark. I he has the ability to like fly a bit so you can fly mm. i did get a return to map thing quite nah, a few times which is kind of annoying but all in all like he controlled like the rest of the avengers that could fly interestingly enough black widow obviously has guns as she's ah, one to do like dante and therefore Nero. she felt she felt a bit more like dante i was like Actually, I could see I could see myself playing this game as Black Widow. This is actually quite interesting. Good on them for making Black Widow the most interesting character in this video game. And even that was a bit. It feel I felt a bit finicky because like you were you're pressing square and triangle to do your regular hits, and then to pull out your guns you'd have to press R one, uh, L one, and then R one to fight. But it wasn't fluid enough. It wasn't like Bayonetta, for example, where you'd just okay. be like, smack, 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 guns, guns, guns. It was smack, smack, smack. We're Crystal Dynamics, we made Tomb Raider. L1 is going to make you pull out your guns like Lara Croft does. Hmm. And so you've got that, like, seconds in the combat where you're pulling out guns, and yeah. so it doesn't feel fluid enough. Though okay. I will say, I think she was probably my favourite of them. But here lies the issue, Tom Parry, is that this is uh, an online game that you can play with friends. And uh, you can only go one of the Marvel characters at a time. So if you really like playing Iron Man and someone else is Iron Man, uh, well, it's tough luck. Oh, we don't have to play it online, no? I mean, I think you do. I think it, the whole point is it is a games-as-a-service, much like The Division and The Destiny. Oh, it's not like your would... traditional movie tie-in, single-player, story-based... Nope, not at all. Game. Um, which 
to be honest with you, makes things a bit more interesting, I guess. But also, I don't know how the way that game controls, at least in this initial segment where you play as every Avenger, and there's lots of like unfailable quick-time events, hmm. how that would translate over to an online game. I I don't know, man. I, I think... It's trying to have its cake and eat it too, in some respects, because it's very much a loot game of like beat stuff up, open chests, numbers go up. But it's also it it feels like it would have been better. It's just a big like third person action first uh, narrative driven game. Yeah, I don't know if it needed to be games as a service. And to be honest with you, I don't know if the the way the combat controls would be enough for me to like stick with it. Bit of a milestone in a way, games. isn't it? Because we haven't had a movie tie-in. Now, I know it's not strictly a movie tie-in because it's not based on a particular Avengers movie. However, it is based on a movie franchise. And uh, yeah, this will be probably the first time they've gone in that sort of direction, would it be? with a? I don't know. I could, could be wrong. But traditionally, we'd have, it, as we said before, a more straightforward story-based experience so this is um maybe a reaction to those sort of games not being as popular because there hasn't been so many of them in recent years has there because people always say oh it's a licensed game oh it's a movie tie and oh it's bound to be terrible and all this well i mean there haven't been there's there's been stuff that's been adjacent though and i also think well as we've already said i think this game came out a bit late Mm. and i think the wind of change in the industry in terms of games as a service has kind of fluctuated as well, right? Is that mm-hmm. a lot of games like this that are games for a service that are massively popular now, your Fortnite, your Apex Legends, are free to play. This Aye. is going to be a, a full budget experience. I mean, the division clearly shows that that model can still work and so does Destiny. But Destiny's also free to play now, which kind of says to me, is this not going to be? But you can Infinite, play through Destiny supposedly on your own. is going to be uh, yeah. free to play. Yeah. Is the rumour I hear. You must be able to play through Avengers on your own. I think you probably could. But I don't think it would be that fun, is yeah. my issue. It's clearly a game meant for you to be playing it with other people. Because there's just lots of enemies. So and there's combat team- isn't teamwork you're all together unlike the beta where it, obviously it's one character onto yeah. another character you're all doing this at the same time in the same area and you can help people help each other that, out i assume tom parry there will be a big manageable sandbox and you can go in there and you can iron man will take out the ranged enemies while okay. hulk smashes the things on the ground so like, what what you play I in the beta is going to be quite different to the main game I do think you once you pass all of this stuff in the beta that is story driven. I do think you will get into the big open world. Okay, so that's how it's going to work bit. then, right? Interesting. I just haven't got there yet. I will. I will play a bit more of it tonight before the beta goes down, just to make sure <coughs> I see some of that, so I can talk about it next week. So it might but... not be the best sort of first impression of the game because the game is potentially going to change into something quite different. Well, yes, but also like it's using that same I, mechanics, the same fighting mechanics are going to be in place. Yeah, if you play multiplayer or uh, single I, player, if I look at this cynically, right, I think this is them trying to sell this game to people who don't want a big online experience. But I don't necessarily know it does. Right. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Also, just to just a remark on it, I I do think there's something that if you are a massive fan of Marvel and want to see like a continuation of that cinematic universe that you know and love and have seen like 70 films in, the likenesses of the characters are like Tony Stark enough that mm. you feel at odds with the voice being different, but yeah. also they're, they're different enough, I guess, that Square Enix could put them in the game without having to pay Robert Downey Jr. for his likeness, right? So it's kind of a weird, like, uncanny valley thing. Yeah, you'd think perhaps with something as big as an Avengers video game, they would have gone all out with it. Because they say video games are the biggest uh, entertainment medium. Bigger than film, even. Yeah, but I think Robert Downey Jr.'s budget for, like, Avengers Endgame, I think he got paid, like, $25 million. Or maybe he's not in the contract. Maybe they have I mean, to sign a new contract in order for him to do something else. I I don't I think Robert Downey Jr.'s part. I think well, a a lot of their contracts ended with Endgame anyway. But I also think like a lot of those actors, I think 
probably still think that video game act- voice acting's beneath them, if I'm being totally honest. Which I is... wonder, though, if we look back and think about, did um, Chris Evans do the voice acting for Captain America, Super Soldier, whatever it's called, back in the day on PS3 and Xbox 360? I don't know. I'm going to check that Cause out. Because that's all right. Combat in that. I have to have... Because I've, I've seen some footage of the beta of the Avengers. And I have to say that the combat, yeah. when playing as Captain America in that game, looks very similar to how it played out. It's sort of Arkham Asylum type. Um, yeah. That good old uh, dodge. <laughs> yeah, there's, de- there's definitely a lot of circle for dodge. Yeah, um, yeah man, I don't know. It, it doesn't... It doesn't feel as good as I wanted it to, but I kind of suspected it wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to pick it up. Um, it also just kind of proved to me that there was a lot of fatigue in me mm-hmm. for Marvel properties. I think yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad there's a year to take off from those things. You know, I'm I'm sure that affects people in other ways. Like, co- no one planned for COVID, but actually, not watching stuff this year is good. Uh, yes, Chris Evans did voice Captain America in the game, which was released to coincide with the first Captain America film. So I don't know if at that point Chris Evans was as big as a star as he is now, or no, whether or not he's demanding not. anywhere near the amount of money that someone like Robert Downey Jr. Um, demands, because there's a good chance he didn't voice Iron Man in that um, not-so-well-received Iron Man game a few years back. I definitely doubt he voiced Iron Man in Iron Man VR either. I wonder if I, the person who voiced Iron Man in Iron Man VR is the same person as in the Avengers game. <laughs> that would be interesting to find that out. Um, uh, I can't, at a glance, I can't see uh, anything about the voice actors playing. But um, yeah, yeah, okay. But... So you're not so, basically you're not sold on it, even I'm though not, it, no. I, I, I think it looks great, uh, but. Gameplay-wise, isn't something that I'm really in the mood for, and right now. I just think there are too many other games. Also, I don't have enough time for games as a service games anymore. Like, yeah, certainly. I, if, I, if it's like that, then <laughs> I have enough of them. So it, it is what it is. Like I, I barely find time to play Apex, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I've also deleted Fall Guys. I think I've. I've won that. I won two crowns. I was happy with that. I don't yeah. think I need to play okay. any more of that game. So, so since we podcasted last time, I've played Four Guys for about half an hour, and I was like, oh, whatever. And then I haven't played it yeah. since, um, <laughs> which enough. sounds very, um, yeah, like like I'm not giving it enough time, or very flippant, I suppose. It's, uh, but um, it didn't grab me. I I thought it was fine. I I can imagine if you've got three other friends, perhaps or whatever, or you're yeah. playing it with other people, you can have a laugh. Oh, I fell off and all this, but um, I don't know. I expected. I don't know what I expected, but it didn't grab me. <laughs> no, and to be honest with you, like I said, I. I won a few games. I played a bit more. I was like, oh, okay. Like once I'd won, I feel like I'd accomplished everything I needed to accomplish in that game, and so it. Yeah, well, yeah. It isn't something I really feel like I I need to go back to. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a definitely a pick up and play game, which is nice to have something that you can just play for a little while, and then when you're fed up, just turn it off. But I, I yeah. guess I've got other games like that that I play when I'm feeling like that kind of thing. I mean, I like fighting games, as uh, you all know. <laughs> You're very well aware, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. So usually if I want a quick blast or something, I'll play maybe a fighting game or a driving game. I, I recently picked up uh, Forza Horizon 3 because it's disappearing from the Xbox Live uh, store soon. Really? Yeah, it happens with all the Forza games. Apparently, I'm led to believe it's something to do with licensed music. Uh why, why they can't just patch the game and take out certain tracks, I don't know, but... They're only ever available to buy online for a limited amount of time. Although Forza Horizon Three has, I think, been out since two thousand and sixteen. So, yeah, you know, it's got like a four-year lifespan. You can still buy it physically, secondhand or whatever. Yeah, but not on the store. Oh, that's a shame. And right now it's dirt cheap, so get seven quid full game. Um, I also chose to buy the add-on pack, which includes uh, 
level Blizzard Mountain, a whole new area to drive around, yeah. and also a Hot Wheels expansion, so you can do all those crazy jumps and flips and Hot Wheels type stuff. So that sounded quite fun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I often com- jump into those sort of games if I want something to pick up and play. I can confirm that the voice of um, Iron Man is not the same in the VR game versus this. Wow. The cast and crew of this game, unsurprisingly, is like a who's who of video game voice actors. Nolan Troy Baker North. is Bruce Banner. Nolan North is Iron Man. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I I understand that they're good voice actors, but like, just, it's fatigue. Of it is. How many times games. have you heard Nolan North voice uh, a character in a game? A leading type character as well, I suppose. Uh, yeah, he's good though, know. isn't he? He's good. It's well, I mean, play, don't get me wrong. Um, him and Troy Baker are incredibly good voice actors. That's why they get picked for everything. Nolan North play um, what's his name? Nathan Drake Johnson in um, Shadow of the Damned. Probably. Ah, uh, well, yeah. There we go. Just getting Shadow of the Damned mentioned. This yeah, uh, episode. Tick that box. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't mention Yakuza yet, so Yakuza like combat, I will say, just to get that out of the way. Oh yeah, so you wouldn't say the Avengers combat's anywhere near as good as Yakuza's. Nope. <laughs> it makes me appreciate like honestly, like I think the two games that do that kind of combat well yeah. are the Batman games by Rocksteady and the Yakuza games. Like they are the high bar that I don't think a lot of people pass when it comes Well, to yeah, Batman a lot combat. of people copy those games, aren't they? They're very influential in that regard. Yeah, but I don't think anyone ever gets it. You know, it's like when you're a graphic design student, for example, or a student of any kind of creative thing, and you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to do something like that, and you do it, and it doesn't look right afterwards. It's because like, you, you've not understood the choices that were made in that design. You've just copied mm-hmm. the aesthetic, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what I feel sometimes in video games, Yeah, is that people copy very copy popular mechanics but then they don't feel right because they haven't really understood no because there's a new nuances to these things that uh yeah those original creators understand in a way yes. that maybe others coming to it don't yeah 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 i agree um have you been playing anything tom other than shenmue 3 tm well i've already mentioned a bit of forza horizon 3 dead or alive 6 has been the other game of playing a bit I've been yeah. really just playing games for fun recently because I've been spending <gasps> such a long time with uh, Shenmue 3. Um, that you're not having any fun with it? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, no not at all, Matthew, not at all. Um, Shenmue 3's been, well, I've been live streaming. Um, it's taken up quite a lot of time. That is because I'm into it and I want to progress in the game. So I've been playing that more than I've played anything, just like I haven't played Yakuza in like two weeks because of my Shenmue 3 obsession. Um, okay, once you get that out of the way, there's like 12 Yakuza games for you to play, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, basically, yeah, I've been dipping in and out of um, Forza and Dead or Alive 6 for fun, because um, usually when I'm playing games, I'm playing them because I'm making a video. So, Blast Pros, I usually create a video most weeks. Um, something like Tom's Gaming World, where I talk about the games that I've been playing recently. And usually yeah. I've been picking up quite a lot of games. But because I've been focused on Shenmue, I haven't really felt like buying any new games or anything. That's fair. So, uh, other than Forza. But, um, and that's something like, did I need another Forza? Oh, but this one's set in Australia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is um, notably different in its environment, at least, from, uh, say, Forza Horizon 4, which is set in the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Dead or Alive 6, which I think is really fantastic. You know, I've had it for quite a while and played it quite a bit. But um, I was, just because I enjoyed playing it, I thought, oh, what can I do in game that's ne- not necessarily the story mode? Because the story mode has a lot of loading. And if that game has one really bad thing about it, it's the loading is, and that's most apparent, I feel, in the story mode. So I've been doing some other things like challenges, time attacks, survivals. And then just looking through, oh, so what are the achievements in this game? And then just going through, kind of ticking off achievements. Yeah. Um, and that's been really, really fun. I really like the systems in place in Dead or Alive 6, the break blow thing. So on R- R1, you have like um, 
you can build up a bar up to five of these break attacks. And if you get five, yeah. then you can do a big special break attack or you can choose to um, use them whenever. You know a little bit about Dead or Alive 6. I You've do. Played I it. like Dead or Alive 6, yeah. Um, and coming back to it again, it's like, wow, you know, actually, I think they have improved Dead or Alive. You know, it's always been a very solid series. Yeah. But, yeah, I think with every sequel, they, they've actually improved it a little bit more. I do too, but there is yeah. there's rumors that they've already stopped making DLC for this game. Well, I mean they've announced they've already stopped making DLC for this game, which has led a okay. lot of the fans to speculate that this might be the last Dead or Alive. Oh no! I think this game would really benefit from being maybe re-released on next generation consoles or enhanced somehow, because yeah. one thing that's holding this game back from me playing it more is the load times. If this was optimized for Xbox One Series X with no load times. Or just re-released, uh, maybe on PS5, yeah. as uh, maybe last round. Because they did this, Dead or Alive they 5, did, yeah, yeah. 5 got released. Dead or Alive 5, Dead or Alive 5, Ultimate, Dead or Alive 5, last round. So we had three versions. So far we've only had the one. Um, Dead, Dead or Alive 6, 6. Yeah. yeah. So I expect we'll see it again. We won't see a new Dead or Alive maybe, but we'll see 6 again in the future. I hope so. I think it's a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, always enjoyed the franchise. Uh, I haven't bought all the extra characters, so I kind of no. I do. I don't know what I think about how you unlock costumes in this because you get points and you kind of get the points randomly. So you get points towards certain costumes, uh, but you can't choose which costumes you're kind of trying to get. So you'll randomly yeah. get these points, and not only do you then have to collect the points enough points to get it then you have to uh, collect enough coins and able to purchase it but only once you've unlocked it through the points and yeah. so ugh, it's a bit long-winded i just prefer the old complete story mode get a costume you know what you're at you know in dead or alive 5 you would just play the time attack and get a costume every time and if you play yes, time attack um tag team you'd get two costumes every time well, but i do I like know. the new features like the um the challenge mode where you collect stars and such, and you do various fights, and you get given a challenge to uh, complete. Like maybe you got three separate challenges per fight. Uh, yeah, I I think it's cool. I I've been enjoying playing it again. Yeah, I, I to to your point though on why they've made the costumes so hard to unlock. I think it's just because they're trying to encourage people to buy their ridiculous content packs. Yeah, I, I think there's probably the less game. costumes that you can unlock in game. Maybe this time around. Not 100% sure on that. But yeah, there's plenty of download content costumes. I'm even guilty of buying a couple myself. But it would, it's like, yeah. for me, it's like a packet of Pokemon cards. I don't buy them anymore. They're what costs like £3.50 or something. It's the same as a costume yeah, for yeah. Dead or Alive. Uh, so you just spend the money where you're most feeling it at the time. Yeah, I that's guess. And I, I haven't bought any Pokemon cards in, uh, <laughs> in forever. Gotta buy them all. Gotta buy them all. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. I'm itching, so, Matt, to hear about SpongeBob. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you're going to talk right. about next, but I want to know about I, SpongeBob. It it was what I was going to talk about. Right. <laughs> so I I saw lots of really good reviews for SpongeBob SquarePants uh, Battle of Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. It's which, a great title, you know, first of all. I give them credit for rehydrating that sponge. Yes. Well, again, Tom, this is because. Be Battle of Bikini Bottom was a game that was released for the PS2 Xbox. I remember seeing and, it around, but never playing it. Um, I did not either, and as you've already mentioned, like I believe that a lot of the Game Boy Advance SpongeBob games are actually quite fun. Mm. So I was like, well, I wouldn't mind that kind of like PS2 era game again. Like that, that should be okay. Let's yeah, I love platformers. I'm very excited to to know what you think of this because this is the kind of thing I like playing. It's not aged very well. No? Is all I will say. Um, it looks fine, but there's... A lot of it is trying to riff off of Super Mario 64 in that you're trying to collect gold spatulas instead of stars. Oh, well, not everything in the same was. way. Yeah, <laughs> not, that you're tr not that you're necessarily... Oh no! Actually, it definitely is just ripping off Super riffing off Super Mario 64. It does have its own unique mechanics, I will say. It so you go into an area and like you need a certain amount of spatulas to unlock an area. Then you go in and you 
there are multiple challenges throughout that level to get you different kinds of spatulas and as you're going through the level you'll unlock more and more spatulas some of them are hidden some of them are part of the main story of that level um the main thing about this game is it essentially requires you to kind of swap between characters so like there are certain spatulas that are only available as playing as patrick there are certain Mm. ones that are only available while playing as uh, sandy cheeks the squirrel um but generally speaking the level design and also just the way the story's told to you feels very old school in a way that i couldn't really make amends with okay which is a shame because overall i think there's a high level of polish to it i do think children would enjoy this game but i don't know i just think i think the genre's moved on so much from then that i find it kind of difficult to go back to that Mm. era of game it's not the the core mechanics of it haven't really aged as well as the visuals that they managed to upload there's also just like some weird stuff where there's like clearly a hub world where you can go to different levels and just some of the level design stuff just feels really wonky by today's standards like there were some there were clearly some platforms and i was like well i'm gonna jump up these platforms and by the end of it i'll get to a golden spatula obviously that's why these are there yeah sure to use the banjo kazooie marriage for logic yeah and so i jumped up all of these platforms and then i got to the top and in the spongebob squarepants style like a realistic hand came grabbed me and wiped me off and it was like oh okay so i wasn't supposed to go up there then that's weird then why would you give me the platforms to climb and there wasn't any relevance to that happening. Yeah. No, none whatsoever. And maybe like, that's I... the joke. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, but like yeah. it happens very often that like okay. there's some like platform. You're like, oh well, I can jump to that platform, and then the game lets you. And then as soon as you get there, you get like hand wiped back to where you were. Okay. It's like, wow, well, this okay. feels like a waste of time. I don't know. It feels a bit rough around the edges. Like I don't think it's a bad game. Like I said, I think kids would enjoy yeah. it. I just don't think it's aged very well. Okay, so this was developed by Heavy Iron Studios, who are also responsible for some other games, platform games mostly, that I enjoyed. Uh, Because there are certain games of the PS2 era, you know, usually based off movies and such, that I felt delivered some really good uh, platform games. And one was uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie game, which I played a fair bit of. Also, Ratatouille, Warly, and Up. Uh, yeah. the, I did, actually, I didn't play Up, but I played Warly and Ratatouille, and I, I felt that both those games were uh, really good. They also did an inc- both Incredibles games. Um, yeah. I feel like I played one of them. Um, so in general, I kind of know what to expect from this game yeah. already after playing the, the other ones they've developed. But this is one of their first games, is worth saying. Yeah, yeah. They previously had done Evil Dead Hail to the King on Dreamcast, yeah. PlayStation, and PC. And then also the quite well-received Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights. Yeah, I didn't mind that game. But also, yeah. I can't imagine that game's aged very well either, from what I remember of it. So Maybe not, but maybe you shouldn't go into it expecting something that feels like a modern game when it was first what released in 2003 yeah but i i would like some of the trappings of the mm. game to be Rather, readjusted yeah. for modern standards yeah and they haven't done that it's it's no it's, really just it's a purely, facelift purely a facelift yeah. and to be honest with you as a result of that i don't think they've recorded re-recorded any of the vo either and so the vo uh, kind of sounds well, a bit rough neither did they with the shemu re-release oh really <laughs> Well, you know, none of that dialogue yeah, sounds yeah, any yeah. better than it did on Dreamcast. No, this is true. <laughs> yeah, fair point, fair point. But still, I I kind of expected with this kind of... You know, it's only semi-rehydrated is the issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Semi-re... I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It could, okay. it could do with another five minutes in the rehydrator. But it, it, overall... It's not bad if you're going into it expecting that kind of era of platform. I don't it's, think you'd be uh, as disappointed as I was. Rent it or borrow it from the library in your case. Borrow it from the library. Yeah, I took Monkey King back and then I took that back as well. I played it for about an hour. I was like, okay, I get the gist of this. I think so I, I may think even have can... the original for the Xbox, to be honest with you, and I yeah. don't think I've ever played it. So. Well, it's nice that you can try these things and not have to pay for them. That's good. For sure. So that is why you're picking out these games in particular, because there's no way you would have bought them. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, but also just because I want I want to get a feel of like the games that aren't purely AAA or we sure. or so good that I hear about them through word yeah. of mouth and osmosis. Like a okay. Carrion for the Switch is one I I've heard a lot of people tell me like I'm you should sure. play Carrion. I know that one. You would you probably enjoy that game, and I'm like, oh, I probably would, but. At the same time, I don't have that much time to sink into games at the moment, so trying mm. these little bite-sized experiences is what's keeping me over. Absolutely. Well, do you want to hear a little bit about my progress from U3? I would, Tom. How are your thumbs? Okay, they're fine. I haven't had to fish lately. Uh, I have. There have been points of frustration over the last few hours of playing, as has been well documented on this podcast. Things have felt yes. more than a little drawn out. I think if we go back to last time when we talked about it, I was about to give this 50-year-old rice wine to the uh, old martial arts master soon yep. and uh, then hopefully learn this move that would enable me to fight the big thug, which was yes. the, the next milestone you, in the game. Even though you felt like you could have beaten had you full health, you wouldn't well, have been able yeah, to Well, yeah, there was anyway. no way I could have done it because uh, you need to learn the move. As is apparent, when you actually eventually get around to fight him, the last thing you need to do is a quick... Is well, move. actually, it's the move, which the move is effectively a quick time event, as moves are yeah. now in, in Shenmue uh, 3. You, you, they are all based around pressing buttons at the right and the right timing. Okay. And timing can be very, very harsh at times. Okay. And So, yeah, so I delivered this wine to him, and rather than just have him teach me the move... It was chickens. It was, I've got to catch the chickens. So nice. I was stumbling around uh, the temple, um, doing pressing the right button at the right time to catch 10 chickens. Okay. Slightly infuriating, but I could see what it was trying to emulate. What it was trying to emulate was Ryo's struggle to uh, learn. You know, in any martial arts film, you always have the I was going to say, it's wax on, wax off. Isn't yeah, it? the like old man will you give you learning the something else to learn something about martial arts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and he does uh, talk about this after the fact, after you learn the move. Ryo says, so why do they have to catch the chickens? And he's like, well, this and this. Why do they have to do the rooster step? which was not obvious how to do it when it started. That is a very odd little training minigame where you think you're controlling Rio as you kind of move around in a circle in a certain time by actually turning the R stick. And I was turning the right stick a lot, very fast. Yeah. Because he kept saying things like, oh, go faster, go slower. And I was like really confused until I found out online that you don't control Rio, you control a line, a, a line that you have to keep within a certain segment that is a coloured segment that is spinning round in a certain speed. Um, it's hard to describe. I mean, if you want to check it out for yourself, I have uh, various videos over on the Blast yeah, Process YouTube. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, but that wasn't immediately apparent, and I did turn the game off in frustration uh, at that one little yeah. Well, I didn't. You know, I, I went was... back and I saved, of course. But uh, yeah. I was done for the day when I reached that point. But uh, I came to it afresh yesterday. I did that training. I managed to learn the move. And then, yeah, you get to fight the thug. And the last yeah. thing you do, as I said, is do the what's it called? The body step. I can't remember what it's called. But um, okay. You know what's always a really good mark of a really good video game, Tom Parry, when you mm. need to Google something because the game doesn't explain it to you really clearly. I tried I it. It has that. a help section that you can always look at if you're struggling with any of the uh, mechanics yeah. of the uh, trainings. And they're usually quite simple. But this one, I don't know if I'm just being thick or not. I mean, I could be. I don't know, man. It doesn't sound that straightforward to me. Like, it's very, something is very hard to explain on a podcast. Admittedly, it is a visual medium and this is an audio one. But like, I have no idea what the hell you're I talking about. I think all it had to say was keep the line within the shape. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was saying. But I was fixated on the fact I was controlling Rio because for the entirety of that game, you're controlling Rio. You you never yeah. asked to control something else in order to move him. But so also, you like would think the, that the audio cues are like, "Go faster!" If you think you're controlling Rio, then you're going to be doing the things you think. Oh you're yeah, and on. that was irritating to hear him. Also, not only say that, but after every time you fail for him, say, that's disgusting, you know, because he was really yeah. angry with you for not being able to do your training and hear that on repeat every time wasn't really helping my stress levels at that point. No, 
actually there's a very good point about spongebob is there's like yeah. two lines of vo for every attack and you hear them every five minutes and i was kind of irritated <laughs> sorry yeah it's that so, is just... that can be problematic um yeah. anyway i don't let any of these things hamper my enjoyment of shenmue 3 too much because actually after having completed this large laborious section of the game uh i was able to progress the story in ways i haven't seen for a long while um yeah. we got to interrogate the uh, thug because obviously he's working for Landy, isn't he? Um, yeah, of course, everyone he's, is. He's there to uh, kidnap Yuan, who is Shenhua's uh, father, who is a stonemason, because and he created the phoenix and dragon mirrors. You see, so oh, he's okay. he's able to create these things. This is a spoiler. This is a big spoiler, I guess. But don't um, say it then. Uh, <laughs> you get a lot of um, info, and then um, you get to climb the bell tower. Uh, which is in the village, which you've seen from the start of the game. I mean, you know, it's never been mentioned, but uh, it is the final stage within the uh, finishing Bailu village stage of the game. And you get to go up there after speaking to Elder Yeah, which is a character yeah. that's uh, appeared before. And you do a little puzzle. And, you know, I got that all, out all right. You actually do a lot of different things in that section of the game in kind of quick succession. And it felt a lot more like Shenmue 1, or even 2. Um, There's more interesting and different things happening that were progressing the story, as opposed yeah. to the same thing on repeat to, to get to a point where you could uh, reach another story beat, yeah. Anyway, um, it's opened up now, and I've travelled to a, a village on the water, which is so well, more like a town, area. actually. More like a town than a village. Definitely more built-up area. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's coming along. Coming along nicely. Uh, really enjoying it. Okay. That's now. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> but it sounds like it was frustrating to get there. Has this... Hmm. I mean, I guess it's just your pure love of Shenmue that's getting you through then. From the Well, someone was talking to me while I was playing it, actually. For one first times that has happened, actually, because <laughs> I live streams, yeah. but I don't usually get a lot of people uh, conversing with me. However, they were saying, oh, so you're playing the worst game in the last 20 years, eh? And I'm like, uh, no, well, why do you say that? And he says, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, some critic on YouTube was saying how terrible it was and all this. And I think... Okay, well, it depends on your investment in Shenmue. If you've played 1 and 2, uh, yeah. you are prepared to look past some of the game's frustrations because you, you're you invested in the story and you like the characters and you want to see where it goes next. And you also yeah. know what Shenmue gameplay is like. So you go into it expecting a slower pace kind of game. Yeah, um, of course. Of course, this is... I wouldn't go as far as saying this is better than Shenmue 1 and 2. It's better in a couple of areas in terms of, yeah, the visuals, perhaps, you know. They're really nice. Um, the music, again, has been consistently good across every Shenmue game. And, yeah, this is the next chapter in the story. It's a little bit different it's one from what's gone before. But in a way, that's kind of nice because Shenmue's never really repeated itself in terms of locations, or yeah. what's happening in the story. It's always moving forward, albeit um, quite slowly in this game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, as long as you are finding that through thread of enjoyment in it, I think that's the main thing, right? Like, as long as you are, like, yes, there are frustrating moments, but you are enjoying yeah. it overall. There's a charm to it. And I think it's most apparent when you have the late night conversations with Shenhua when you finish like a day of whatever you're doing, you go back and you can talk to Shenhua and, and it's kind of it's a very human level to it. You know, you could compare it to um, Yakuza. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily say that maybe the delivery of some of the lines is stilted, you know, as you might expect, um, yes. as it is in Shenmue 1. But that is part of its charm and it's got a lot of heart if you look past that if you look past its quirks and such and it's kind of it... part of the aesthetic though isn't it like, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing is that it's kind of it's established as being kind of a bit wonky so it kind of needs to maintain that because otherwise the it thing wouldn't is, quite be Shenmue I don't think it is in Japanese that's the thing because I've played through Shenmue 2 in, in Japanese and of course not knowing language I can't really comment on um, the quality of the voice acting but I assume it flows a lot better because... Well, like I yeah. told you, playing through Shenmue 1 in Japanese, there's just... 
there's certain bits, there's certain nuance you don't necessarily get playing it in English, but I think that's true of everything. I also kind of feel that way. I've been watching lots of you hacker show, as we've, I've mentioned mm. a couple of times on the podcast. And like, sometimes I'll get the pun name of like an enemy and I'll be like, oh, that's really clever. But like, no one ever bothers to translate that. They just give the character their name in English. And so you like, you can't yeah. get it. Yeah, so, sure yeah. thing, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, wanted to ask you, Matt, this is changing the subject slightly, but you've heard about the recent uh, stuff about Fortnite and the Apple Google Store and everything. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering what it is, because initially it might seem like a sort of we want more money type thing, but maybe they're using their status as, you know, a multi-billion dollar uh, publisher yeah. to make a change within the store. Because well, they're taking thirty percent. Is this correct? I, I yeah, think this Apple is and Google yeah. on every every purchase. Now it's only really Epic who are in a position to kind of fight against that system. Maybe for the better of the uh, smaller uh, publishers out there who are losing out on money they could be getting. Yeah, that's, right. how, that's how I was thinking. You know, initially what I thought was maybe quite a selfish endeavour to get more money was sort of like. Actually, we're in a position where we can afford to sue these companies to make it better for the rest of the um, people creating content that's sold on their stores. Well, I'm, right. So if I were to give my point of view on mm. this, right, like I, Epic, especially with Fortnite, held off on putting Fortnite on the Google Play Store for a long, long time purely because of the amount of cut that they were getting from Epic if they were to put it on their store. So much so that they made a side loader. So like you could download Fortnite for Android because Android's a lot more of an open platform through mm. Epic directly and then yeah. therefore you wouldn't have to pay Google's Play Store's the fees. They've done this now as a way, I think, to spark the conversation of how much of a royalty that Apple's getting. Obviously, Apple has been involved in things for with Congress in the States. Um, I don't know if you watched any of that. That No. Apple was brought before Congress, the same as Amazon, Facebook, and Google, uh, under anti-competitive trust laws. That mm-hmm. They were saying that these companies were kind of enabling themselves to get richer while keeping a lot of other big tech companies down. And... A lot of what, there's a transcript of that. I didn't watch it fully. I don't understand all the implications of it. But essentially what he was saying was Amazon has given people like uh, Facebook, uh, Apple, sorry, has given people like Amazon a break in the past as like a a goodwill gesture from these fees, yet they expect Mm. them from everyone else. They're creating somewhat of a monopoly. They control Mm. that marketplace very strictly. Do... Should Epic be then the people to challenge that? I don't know. But there's also the stuff with xCloud and Stadia earlier in the week as well, if you've seen that. No, I'm not familiar, I don't think. Project xCloud is only available through Android at the moment because Apple believes that streaming video game content uh, through the App Store, through an app on Apple device, is breaking its terms of service, which apparently it does. They say their argument is that... They can't control the content that obviously Microsoft would be beaming in and kind of emulating on their system. Therefore, they they don't want it on there because they can't regulate it themselves. They have very strict regulation. Mm. But also, you could see that as anti-competitive that they want to own Apple Arcade and have like gaming on an Apple yeah. benefit Apple. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is a very interesting thing for me because I. Yes, Epic is in a position to do this, and to be fair to Epic, Epic has very much been like, "Hey, your engine's free. You give, you only pay us if you earn over a certain amount of money with your game." Yada yada yada. They've been fighting for this kind of like more profit to developers who develop the games rather than middleman things for a while, and they're in a position to do that. Whether or not though that'll actually come to fruition here, because I think they're probably the biggest persons trying to do something like this. But also, like, the App Store is a multifaceted thing. You have subscription services for running apps. You have all sorts of stuff Mm. that runs on that device that isn't just video games. And I imagine that while Fortnite probably makes a lot of money for Apple, it's probably not the biggest piece of the pie, right? It's like with 
brands uh, going against Facebook and like withdrawing their advertising from Facebook, Facebook's response to that was kind of saying, well, we don't actually care because big brands don't make up as much money for us as smaller brands do. But that's why I guess bigger brands are taking a stand on this. It's because they're in a position to try and make change. Whether that change will actually come or not, though, I don't think one company can do it or multiple companies. I think it'll actually come through government regulation rather than anything else. Yeah. But that sounds like that's what these big companies are afraid of. So maybe this will push Apple's hand to maybe lower those fees, but I Mm. can't see it personally. Let's see. It's interesting the very public way they've gone about it, though. The kind of cheeky way they've... Bla- like brazen I, I was yeah like, what that's got some balls i don't know if it's maybe the best way to do it or not no uh, but yeah they definitely feel like they, they are confident <laughs> about yeah um what they're what they're saying yeah yeah but hey let's see how that plays out for them like yeah. bit of interesting video game drama <laughs> is going on well I mean, not even really video games. I kind of, I guess, this transcends beyond video games. It, the well, it does, yeah. It, doing, it's a so. part of a bigger thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Be interesting to watch. I personally, I don't think anything will come of it, though. That's the issue. Hmm. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I don't play Fortnite myself, so. Uh, <laughs> I don't Me neither. But interesting as an outsider to uh, witness what's going on, because it could affect yeah, other areas sure. of the uh, gaming uh, landscape. Yeah, it could. Who knows? Anyways, I need to wrap this podcast up, Tom Parry, because it's a beautiful day outside and I want to go soak in some sun. So, one soak have... up the sun, wanna tell everyone. Remember that one, don't, Cheryl, don't Cheryl Crow? Uh, no? no? Okay, well, look look it up and, and listen to it I while you it. enjoy your, your, your sun rays. I will. <laughs> and it, while you're listening to that song by Cheryl Crow, uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast equally as much as the Shower Crow song, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe in iTunes where you can listen to this podcast uh, as well as on Stitcher, tarmamattattack.com, blastprocess.com and anywhere that podcasts are served, I guess, other than Spotify. We could look into getting it on Spotify. No one's asked, so I haven't. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to us as well and you, you have subscribed and done all that good stuff, you can find us in a variety of other places on blastprocess.com as I've already mentioned, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tarlamattack and on Twitter. I am at Game Boyle, Tom is at TomParry11 and we are collectively together as the Megazord of podcasting power That's at wonderful. TMA Cast. That's great. Um, I like that. You've never done that before. That's new. That's really good. Yeah, it is. Do that Thank again. You. I do it again i will maybe i'm just trying to keep it fresh i i flip the order well, do something Harry. different do yeah do something different maybe we can combine into some other sort of um you know don't ruin it don't no no entity. keep it to yourself for now i'll do it next week it's fine all right uh, tom parry as always it has been a pleasure oh, and been a pleasure, thank Matthew. you people out there in listening land for listening to us thank you Until so next much week as always uh stay safe and game on game on <laughs>